can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, that went much more smoothly than the last time. Yeah, last time we had to do it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, great. Well, how are you? Um, I'm doing great. Happy Saturday. Yes. Happy first Saturday after the Super Bowl, which for me at least, and I'm sure for you, means the first Saturday of fantasy baseball season kind of officially. Um, yeah, kind of officially. For me, the first Saturday after for fantasy baseball was the first Saturday after the season ended. So, <laughs> Yeah, I believe that. And actually, that kind of was the case for me this year, too. I've, spoke, I've said in the past that my, um, my fire for fantasy baseball starts to dwindle in the, maybe the last third of the season. And then by the time the season's over, like I'm pretty done for, for a while. But with the shortened season, I was, I was ready to go pretty quickly there. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, ask if you thought that was the reason. It certainly, um, <clears throat> uh, we didn't have that long drawn out uh, season. And then the last little portion, if you're not really in it, it kind of becomes uh, a little boring. Yeah, and I think, I think maybe that was, last season was, not that interesting for me. I I had decided not really. T- I mean, I decided I wasn't going to go my hardest. That's why I I spent the minimum amount of money in the draft just because I, for for various reasons, I wasn't going to go for it last year, and that didn't make it as fun. And I I think last season's experience has dissuaded me from maybe trying to do that ever <laughs> ever again. I think I. I'll probably I'll probably try to compete at the higher uh, at the higher ends of things pretty much every year. I think after experiencing that last year, I did not really enjoy that at all. I felt like kind of a waste. I understand uh, why you felt that way. Um, I have had seasons where I went in thinking this is a rebuilding year, so to speak, and uh, wasn't really going for it or anything. Um, but my experience is a little bit different because I looked at it as an opportunity to play around and experiment in ways that I wouldn't have done if I was really trying to win. Um, it gave me the freedom to, to do those things and not worry about the consequences. That's a good point. That's a good point that I imagine it would feel rather liberating to not not feel tied to that first place position and to be able to just have fun and and do whatever you wanted. And you know what? I think another reason why was I I wasn't competing last year, but I thought I still had a shot, you know, just with, with my natural, you know, with my skills that I have, I thought I had a shot at still, you know, placing in the, in the top half, but my team sputtered out pretty early on in the season. And it was clear. I, I, I was, it would have been a fight just to, you know, be sixth or seventh. So maybe that's part of why it didn't go so well either is I I still had a little higher expectations than I ended up performing. Well, good. Um, How's the uh, fantasy baseball research going lately? Have you been doing anything to get prepared? Because it's, 
soon, sooner than we, than maybe I, I thought. Yeah, I've been trying. Um, I think my biggest challenge and is really keepers. Um, and I'm sure many other teams have the same struggle. Um, you know, I'm, I suspect maybe more so than in seasons past, it may come down to right to the day before uh, our declaration date that I actually <clears throat> decide uh, who I'm going to keep. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's been really difficult for me. Um, I've got multiple directions I could take and um, each of those directions has pros and cons um, so I have not decided. Yeah. And hopefully there's some trade opportunities this season that will kind of change the landscape of our own, of our own rosters, even before we, we select keepers. But one thing's occurring to me that, you know, I feel like we're usually more, more of us are usually kind of into things at this point and it still feels really dead to me. And I think it's because like we're not seeing. I know this sounds silly to for this to suddenly be my realization, but like we're not seeing anybody. Normally by now, like we would have got together at Christmas with everyone, um, you know, with birthdays and stuff. And usually, in the first couple months of of the year, like we get together for family gatherings or something, and then you know we inevitably start talking baseball. But since we're not getting together with anyone, the only way to really talk about it is to text or call. And I don't feel like that has quite the same impact. Well, but don't forget the ever ubiquitous Zoom, because we can certainly do that. Yeah, we could. But the difference is that we would be setting up a, a Zoom specifically to talk about fantasy baseball. Whereas in the other scenarios, we're getting together for other reasons. And then we start talking about fantasy baseball just because we all happen to be there. Good points. And I don't know, for me, I'm a little more proactive in reaching out to people to talk about it. I haven't spoken with everyone in the league, but I've had some fantasy discussion of some sort or another with uh, more than half the league. Um, and certainly there's some people like you, uh, Eric, and uh, Danny that I have uh, semi-frequent discussions about anyway. So, um, but, but all those things said, you're right. I mean, the, the gatherings uh, certainly affect our um, interaction with some in the league who are, who, with whom we're related um, uh, or, or good friends where we might you know, wind up getting together. Yeah. And maybe this is where I'm going to make a, a push for people to get on group me. Um, because that is probably the, the easiest way for us to stay in communication with each other. As far as the league stuff goes. Um, one of the great things about group me that I also do is you can, you can be, have the app and you can be in our group but you can turn off the notifications so you don't even receive a notification when, when there's new messages if, if you really just don't want that. And then you can just check in at your leisure, you know, every, you know, every couple of days or, you know, if it's every day, if you're starting to get into it. So if you're not on our GroupMe app, 
uh, I'm get on there, get on there. And you, you could just, again, you can check out your leisure, but that's probably going to be the best place for us to, to start like full larger group conversations and post players that are kind of on our trading block. And rather than having to reach out to everybody individually, it's probably just the most efficient way for us to kind of communicate quickly with everyone. So get on GroupMe if you're not on there. And if you're not on there and you need, need help getting on it, let me know. Yeah. And really we, the, although as you mentioned, GroupMe may be the most uh, efficient um, it's certainly, we still have the league site and it's up. So if somebody doesn't know that already, um, it's back up and, um, we can post things there as well. Um, I know, it, I think there's one post Eric, uh, in some of his training has posted both in group me and the league site, um, you know, covering all the bases. Um, but but there's that as well. So even if, you know, anyway. And, yeah, and, right. That is, that's, that's definitely another, another hub that we all go to. Um, I, I don't, I don't use the, the discussion forum the way I used to, you know, so many years ago, but I still see everything that's posted. So yeah, that, that is another good option. Um, I mentioned that it's coming up quickly because I, I was looking at all the start dates and everything. So opening day is April 1st and it seems like we're, we're that's when they're going to start. You know, I believe they're, they're trying to start on time. They didn't come to an agreement on anything different. So it looks like April 1st is our opening day. And as you and I were discussing yesterday, I, I think we've in the past always, we the last couple of seasons, at least, we've done our draft the weekend before opening day. So that for us would be the weekend of March 26th, 27th and 28th. That's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So if we do the draft on that weekend, which I'll contact everybody to make sure one of those days works for all of us. Um, then usually we do the keeper selection two weeks prior to that. So that would make our keeper deadline, like say Saturday, March 13th. I think I've, I've done it like you have like a noon deadline. Um, so, and that's a month from today. So one month from today would presumably be our, our keeper deadline. Uh, I wanted to remind people here of the, our Severino rule that we implemented last week. Uh, and that's that, and it says, this is the wording in our league constitution. Prior to the draft, a kept player may be dropped and the money recouped if the player is injured and will at least miss opening day, requests to drop a player for this reason are confirmed and processed by the commissioner. So in that two-week span between the keeper selection date and the, the draft, if, if somebody gets hurt and they're going to at least miss opening day and you've decided they're no longer worth keeping, you can drop them, get that money back. You can't then add a second keeper. You can't add a new keeper. So you just lose out on that keeper spot, but um, you, you can do that. So just a reminder that we do have that rule in place. Uh, good, good point. And uh, you answered a question I was going to ask, which was, you know, whether you were put, able to put in a replacement. I thought you weren't, but I wasn't sure. So you clarified that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so 
not long after uh, the end of last season, I sent out a couple of surveys. Uh, one was about just kind of an end of the year survey. You know, are people going to keep, are going to return and uh, any suggestions for potential rule changes and stuff. Um, and then I sent a follow-up survey trying to track interest in the, the suggestions for changes. Uh, I only got eight responses in each poll, which usually I, I get just about everybody, but even after reminding some people, I didn't get a response. But um, So we got eight responses to uh, the league rules poll for potential changes to the league rules. So I'm going to go through each of the the potential or, or the the propositions, uh, at least in a bit, their very basic form, and we'll just have a, a quick little talk about each of them. So one of the suggestions was that we add more IL slots. Uh, one person said, yes, they were interested. Four said that they were not interested. And then three were maybes. And I'd kind of decided that if any of these get five no's, then we're not going to discuss it further because you require a two, a two, we need two thirds of the votes in order to change a rule. When we have to implement a rule because we have to, because something new has come up, then it's just majority. But when we want to change something that's existing, we need two thirds of the people who vote, um, not including the abstains. Two thirds of the yeses and nos need to be yeses in order to change it. So I figured if we are, if anything already has five nos, then that, that's that's out. Um, this one got four nos. This was the closest to us going. We're not even going to discuss this further. But there were just enough maybes and yeses to to continue to talk about it. Uh, so adding more IL slots. Uh, any comments on potential pros and cons of of that? Um. <clears throat> No, I, I think uh, I think we're I, I think it's sufficient and it, it appears by the voting that most people um, probably share that sentiment. Um, I mean, I guess you got the maybes, but at best, if all the maybes convert to yes, that's four and four. Um, uh, and of course, we don't know how the remaining four people would vote. But but yeah, I mean, I'm. I I know I for myself I I'm satisfied with the number of IL spots so we have. Yeah, so and I'm going to try and comment on these without tipping my hand too much about how I feel about each one. But the as far as IL slots go, I I think the thinking is that uh, we're still probably expecting to have more people on the IL next year for whatever reason. Uh, maybe for COVID reasons or for injuries due to uh, interruption of regular training and things like that, again, from COVID. So maybe more injuries, then that means we should have more IL slots. I think, uh, I think that's kind of the thinking. Um, as far as cons go, you know, just less people again on the waiver wire, you know, more people potentially just hanging on to guys. Um, which could kind of change some strategies. So uh, if I can jump in here, I do have a question. It's not exactly related to this, but you said something. Um, do you know, are players going to have the option to uh, sit at the year out due to COVID as they did last year? Do you know? 
I think I think so. Yeah, I think so. So are we going to still have that COVID slot? Remind me what that was. Uh, didn't we allow teams to keep a player, you know, that sat out for COVID? Oh, did we add like a fourth IL slot or something? Yeah, the- yeah, but it could only be occupied by somebody that sat out for COVID. That's what I remember. Um, we may need to revisit that to be exact. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking, so. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, we, we probably should <laughs> revisit that. I, it, was, it was essentially inconsequential last year. I think the only person who used it was Danny for Buster Posey, and he's not keeping Buster Posey. Like, that's not. So it was pretty inconsequential last year, and I – I imagine it would be this year too, but oh, you know what it was? It was uh, we added NA slots. That's right. It was an NA slot, yeah. Because that's what those players qualified at through Yahoo was in the NA slot. So that's what we did. Um, yeah, I guess I could throw that on there when we do an official poll. You know, should we do that again and then just let people have their say? Okay. Uh, it's a good point. Um, next was, uh, to either remove or replace fielding percentage. We had six yeses, two noes. Um, we've discussed the pros and cons of fielding percentage pretty ad nauseum on podcasts. So I don't know how much we need to review that, but one thing that we would have to do in order to propose this, it was, we would need to come up with a firm proposal. Like, what's the proposal? Is the proposal to just remove it, or and that's it, or is the proposal to just to replace it with something? And if so, what would we be replacing with? Because uh, you and I were talking about this yesterday, and my my vote might change depending upon. Well, okay, if we get rid of it, then what's the action that replaces it, or inaction, as it were? So uh, we need to have a firm proposal here. And this goes also for complete games because this was also another proposal was to remove or replace complete games, which had six yeses, one no, and one maybe. So for those two things, we, we're going to need a firm proposal. Um, I, I'm apt to just put out there to just remove each of them, and that would be the proposal. But if somebody else wants to propose something different because they're interested in other stats, um, then those people need to get get to me and let me know what their proposal is. And then I can put the various proposals on the, the survey along with not wanting to change anything. And then that's kind of how we vote is on the different proposals or to not change it at all. Um, one thing, at least in my mind, that needs to happen, if we choose to have no replacement for fielding percentage, I would think that we would want to then not have a replacement for complete games yeah because that evens it out right 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 i'd like to keep the this you know pitching hitting yeah equal i think you're right so maybe maybe the these two proposals we kind of have to to put together uh well i guess not necessarily if if the proposal is to replace them you know we could vote they keep complete games and then get rid of fielding percentage, but then in that case we would have to replace it. It'll be a little. I, I, 
I'll be able to work it out, but I'm going to have to think about how to propose this in a way that makes sense. And that keeps it even, because you're right. If we remove one, uh, we can't just remove one. It's either we, re we remove both or we remove one and replace it with something else so that it remains equal for hitting and pitching. Good point. Uh, on complete games, uh, I was, you and I were discussing the shocking number of complete games we had last year in that shortened season. And I went and looked and counted up how many complete games we had as a league. And then I looked at how many we had the last four years. And then I looked at how many we had the first year that we had 12 players. So in 2009, which was the first year we, we had 12 players in our league. Can you guess how many total complete games we had in our league? I know this is a tough question, but yeah, it's a it's it's a real it's the epitome of a guess. Um, well, think we have, we had twelve teams. I, I, I'm thinking about that. Twelve teams. Okay. Uh, you know, there was there was still some guys pitching. Like I think Roy Halladay was still pitching. Um, I'm gonna say a hundred. That's pretty close guess. It was 93. 93 complete games that season. The leader was you. Can you guess how many you had that season? 18. Oh, so good. You had 17. Okay. Yeah, so 93 complete games in 2009, our first season with 12 players, and the leader had 17. Jump... Seven years later to 2016. Um, I know it's probably too hard to ask you to guess this. <laughs> do you want to take a shot at it or do you want me to just tell you? Uh, if you want me to take a shot, I'll, I'll try. All right, take a shot. Seven years later, how many total complete games did we have? 22. We had 56. Oh, that was way off. A lot more than you thought. 56. Yeah. And the leader was Justin. You want to guess how many he had? Uh, eight. He had 11. So we did still have a double digit. At 93 to, to 56, seven years later, that's, was that like 40% less? Something like that. And then the next season, 2017, from 56 to 42, and then from 2017 to 2018, we went from 42 to 33. 2018 to 2019, went from 33 to 26. And then last year, we had that shortened season. Can you guess how many complete games we had last year? Keep in mind, in all of 2019, we had 26. Yeah, so let me think. We 20? had 22 complete games last year. 22 in that shortened season where teams were doing crazy things with their bullpens and pitchers weren't getting quality starts. And it, it was crazy. And we had 22. I, I couldn't believe it. That is I, surprising. I, I'm racking my brain trying to fig trying to marry the ideas that there were fewer quality starts proportionally, at least I assume there was. I'm actually not sure statistically. 
and but there were more complete games proportionally. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe certain pitchers who like just you know they they're able to go deeper in the games and maybe in certain situations managers were willing to let them go farther knowing that this was going to be a short season and they weren't worried about conserving anybody's you know certain for certain pitchers they weren't concerned about conserving their arms or maybe it had to do i don't know when these complete games if they took place earlier in the season um i believe the the thinking is that pitching is is ahead of hitting early on in the season pitchers are a little more ahead of hitters when the season starts and then it kind of evens out as the season goes on so maybe a lot of these complete games happened early on when the hitters were a little behind the pitchers so pitchers were dominating a little more I'm not sure. You have any thoughts on that? Well, um, you, you raised several possibilities there, um, <clears throat> and I don't know the answers, but um, I do know we had four pitchers with two, um, and that represent just four pitchers represented a little more than a third of the twenty-two. Um, so, I mean, it was uh, Adam Wainwright, Aaron Nola, Trevor Bauer, and Garrett Cole. Um, each had two. Wainwright was a little bit of a surprise. He kind of came out of left field last year. Um, but, no, I, I don't. I Like you say, man, I mean, yeah, I, there's really no good explanation as far as I'm concerned because it, everything, you know, the pitch count limitations – the expanded use of the bullpen, you know, these kinds of things don't lend themselves to an increase like this in complete games. They just don't. So maybe it was just an anomaly. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you mentioned we had, we had four pitchers with two last year in 2019, only two pitchers had more than two complete games. And that was Shane Bieber and Lucas Giolito. They each had three in a full season. It's just wild. It's just wild. So I don't think it means, I don't think it means anything for the state of complete games. I'm apt to just think it's just a, a weird anomaly of the 20, 2020 season. Um, and, and I mean, there's going to come a point where the number of complete games kind of gets so low that it, it's not going to go any lower. It, it's hard for me to see it going below like it's 2019 levels um I, but i don't know if the game if pit, pitch management continues to evolve to where pitchers are pitching even less innings than they are now i i don't know that might be tough to do with the roster sizes but i, I think we're probably bottoming out here as far as the number of complete games goes and it's hard for me to see it getting much worse than it is now it's dropping steadily yeah. since, you know, 2009, but it's hard for me to see it dropping much further. Well, just uh, uh, before we move on off of these two, um, I just like to throw out a suggestion for a replacement for each. Uh, as you and I discussed, it's probably going to be hard to find a, another fielding stat line to use um, beyond fielding percentage. So, I propose that we go back to a hitting stat um, and that for fielding percentage, we replace it with uh, games hit for the cycle. 
and for complete games, we replace it with no hitters. (laughs) That would be uh, so maddening. But if you got one, that would be so exciting. And that's the thing about complete games is it, it does garner a lot of excitement when you get one. Like, really it exciting. It's really frustrating, too, when your guy goes 8-plus and doesn't get it. And, but it's, it's really exciting when you get one. And, and that was – and even more so for shutouts, you know, when, before we, we got rid of that stat. But I, I will always think of complete games and shutouts when we think when I think of our, our early years of fantasy baseball, um, because it did happen enough. Uh, off, they did happen often enough that there there weren't these huge amounts of time between people getting them, and it was just so exciting. So like, and that's why how the reason why we would target certain pitchers, as you mentioned, Roy Halladay. Um, it's why I used to love Cliff Lee, um, who I'll, I'll still never get over his his ten inning shutout performance that didn't get either a complete game or a sh- or a shutout for me that one game so uh, years ago I, I couldn't believe it ten shutout innings he pitched and I didn't get a complete game or a shutout because it it went deeper into the game I always remember that but yeah well just just a final comment on there you bring up a really excellent point. Um, I'm not sure there's many things, many day-to-day uh, stats or any that elicit the kind of excitement and elation that a complete game does. Um, and for me, that's why I like that's, you, you know, I was trying to think because, you know, and I'm, I've been, it's been no secret. I'm pro keeping it. And um I think that's the reason why it's just so much fun. And anyway, I know the, pro, the I know the cons and that's fine. Yeah, so. I, I won't, I won't repeat anything, but yeah, when it, it's not like I, I hate everything about it because there, there is something redeeming there. And it's exactly what you just said is, is the excitement that you get for getting them. And you're right. There's, there's no individual stat that does that. Um, the only thing that could come kind of close to that is when you have a game a day where you have like six home runs, but even that, you know, you need to get six of them <laughs> to, to get that. It's not quite the same as getting that, that little one on your stat sheet. So exciting. So exciting. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the next few. Um, Adding an NA slot, uh, and this is separate from the COVID opt-out thing. This is uh, Uncle Eric's yearly suggestion. (laughs) I think he suggested it every year for the last few years. Um, And actually, this year, we got four yeses, three noes, and one maybe. So a little more favorable than we're used to. So, you know. Not to get Uncle Eric's hopes up, but um, maybe people are a little more. And maybe you just comment just briefly on what the purpose of that is. Sure. What do you want to do? What's behind that that thought? It doesn't matter to me, but um, I can. I mean, as I understand it, 
the whole idea is to put us in a position, um, push us slightly towards, uh, uh, and not even close, but just push us a little bit in the direction of a dynasty league where you can actually draft a player uh, who isn't playing yet, um, but a top prospect. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, draft him, put him on your roster, but he can't play because he's still in the minors. So you put him in an NA slot and uh, you can just hold on to him until he develops and moves up yeah, to the majors. I do hesitate oh, to use the word dynasty league because I believe by definition, a dynasty league, you are able to keep every player every year. One I understand that. I said push us a little yeah, bit in I the guess. direction. I guess. Very closer, little. But, <laughs> but it just – Right. I'm not saying we're a dynasty. But yes, you're right. Even That's close. the idea, is that so. you could draft a minor league player and he, you can stick him in the NA slot, in the NA slot and he doesn't take up a, a spot on your roster. Um, now, interestingly, we a reminder, we added a 26th roster spot this year. So in the past, right. we have voted out adding an NA slot and instead we... <laughs> we voted in adding a full roster slot, which, you know, is an NA slot, but better. You know, you don't have to use it for a minor league. You can can use it for anybody. Um, Now, we did have a specific reason for that, and that was because Major League Baseball was going to 26 roster spots. So people decided that they wanted our league to do that too. Um, So... uh, It would be interesting if we then also added another NA slot. So that's on the table. Uh, next one, making fab tradable, something we've talked about in the last couple of seasons. We had two yeses, two nos, three maybes. Um, uh, maybe making that our, our free agent acquisition budget, the money in that budget, a tradable resource. Um, a games played and an innings pitch quotas, three yeses, three nos, two maybes. And that one is another one where we would need a very specific proposition. And I'm the one who proposed this, so the onus is on me to, to propose something specifically. Um, separating dual eligibility players into two versions. So this is the Otani thing. And, you know, it seems like the whole dual eligibility player thing was really gaining a lot of steam in real baseball because we were seeing multiple players, like not just Shohei Otani, but Brendan McKay, um, and then Jake Cronenworth, who uh, it doesn't seem like he is going to end up with that dual eligibility because he's not being used as a pitcher at all. Uh, he was in the minors as a hitter and a pitcher, but the Padres don't seem to have anything in their plans as far as using him as a pitcher. So it might not be an issue for him. Um, so uh, it's basically a proposal to change the way we're hand- handling Otani plus anybody else in that they'll just be two different players. One person can own the hitter, one person can own the pitcher, and they're treated as separate. Um, so we have to vote whether we want to change that or not or just leave it as is. Um, and then a final proposition. This is a, a new proposition that we didn't take a poll on, and it's this again, this is from me. It's just to make undrafted players $1 instead of $5. Uh, as we have in the past. And the reason I'm proposing that is it doesn't make sense to me that um, an undrafted player would cost more than a drafted player on our roster slots. 
And I also think it makes it easier for people to um, like do what I did yes last year, which was spend the minimum amount of money in the draft. And then to keep above that hundred, what is it? Is it 190 we have to stay above? Yeah, to stay above that yes. 190 because as soon as the draft's over, I could drop all my $1 players and grab guys off the waiver wire and add 20, 30 bucks to my roster just from that action. And um, I think we sh- I think in general for the health of the league, it's better when players are not doing that. And so I, that's another reason why I think it would more preferable to just make them $1 instead of five. Uh, it does on the flip side, make it easier to stay under the was it three six three fifty three fifty five forty five. It does make it a little easier for those who are pushing really hard to stay under that three forty five because now you're not adding extra bloated cash to your roster by dropping low cost players and then adding a free agent. So it does that. So I guess part of it's a preference of what you prefer to make it easier to stay below or make it easier to stay above. Um, so that that's my just the thinking why I'm proposing that one. You, you have any any unforeseen any things I haven't mentioned that are potential issues with that? I haven't really had a chance to think that one through, so I don't okay. have anything right now. Um. All right. So that's it. So I'll I'll send out probably in the next week uh, an official poll. I'm going to need to reach out. Uh, to maybe the people who propose these things is to hammer out how we're specifically going to word the change. And then I'll, I'll, I'll push out a poll, but we gotta, we gotta do that soon. In fact, in some of these things, considering how late it is, uh, we might kind of need to do what we did last year when we voted on adding the 26th spot and push it to next season. So we, maybe we vote to change something, but we don't actually change it until 2022 considering kind of how late it is. Um, that's something I'll put on there too. Yeah, I would be yeah. in favor of that. Um, okay. Uh, moving on to our next segment, we had a little exercise that you and I participated in, which was we were going to look at 10 players who went undrafted last season who should be drafted this season. And we limited ourselves to 10 we, we both had double that when we were doing our initial look at things. And I've even thought of two more today, two pretty glaring omissions that I had that pushed me up to 22. Um, but we had to cut, we decided to cut it down to 10 and we'll, we'll go, we'll quickly mention the other ones we came up with too. But um, so 10 players who went undrafted last season, who should be drafted this season. Um should, how should we do this? Should you want to go through your list and then I'll go through mine and I'll, I'll let you know if we have any crossover. Uh, I'm, I'm going to defer to you. Go I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Yep. Um, and you might mention we're not putting not these in any particular, any particular order. order. And on top of that, these, these aren't necessarily the, the top 10 guys that you and I would go after. I kind of looked at it as, okay, what do I know about the behavior of our league in drafts? 
what do I know about the kinds of players our, our league mates like and, and ourselves too? Um, and that's kind of what I was looking at. Ten, the 10 guys who I expect to maybe garner the most interest as far as league, not necessarily for me, but just from the league in general. All right, so I got, and these aren't in right. any particular order. Uh, so starting off, I got uh, Randy Rosarena. Uh, was he on your list? Yeah, and he might be. I mean, I know I said I didn't do these in any particular order, but he might be the the most sought after of all of these guys. He, in his seventy six plate appearances in the regular season. Sorry, my alarm keeps going off. Uh, yeah, it's, I've heard that a number of times. It keeps blooping out for just yeah, a moment. I, yeah. I turned it off. It should be good. Um, um, so, again, just repeat. 281 okay. average with a 1022 OPS in 76 plate appearances in the regular season. And then in the postseason, in 86 plate appearances, he hit 377 with a 1273 OPS. Uh, and didn't he hit like 10 home runs? Yeah, you're right. Seven in the regular season, 10 in the post. The guy had 17 home runs in 62 plate appearances. That's crazy. Um, yeah. He's, he's not, re- he's kind of a swinger, like a free swinger. He does, he strikes out a fair amount. Uh, looks like about, about league average, little above league average, strikes out a little, little more than league average. He doesn't walk a whole ton. Probably, again, about league average. Um, but, man, he just puts the bat on the ball. Well, I did take a look at his minor league performance. And, um, you know, he was good. His, you know, overall batting average was 292, and his OPS was 853. His home runs last year don't come close to – or, or, or far exceed, and I didn't do an exact calculation, but roughly, you know, he had 1,129 at-bats and he hit 38 home runs. So maybe like 20 a season, something like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't – I think he's one of those guys that's going to get a lot of attention because of hype. Um I, I certainly, I, I, while I did say he's a guy, he's very draftable. He's good with stolen bases and the and the like. Um, he stole had four net stolen bases and only sixty four at bats. So, um, but <clears throat> you know, I think there's the hype because he was so hot, and and uh, I expect him to go for more than I would be willing to pay. Uh, for yeah. So. Guys like this, um, you're not going to get them unless you buy into the hype um, because there's going to be somebody who buys into the hype. Um, I, and, and he's le- I believe he's only left field eligible. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, by ADP, by Fantasy Pros, and again, we, we got to consider that this is for 5 by 5 leagues. This isn't for our league, which does have differences. Uh, he's going 59th, which is pretty high. He's going ahead of, just ahead of Corbin Burns, Liam Hendricks, Max Freed, Trent Grisham, Keston Hira, Steven Strasburg, Sonny Gray, Zach Plesek, Hunjin Ryu. 
So uh, that's pretty good company. He, the story that I yeah. heard about how he got his power is one of those kind of silly stories that you're not sure, like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> but he, I believe he said, wait, let me, yeah, yeah. he's spinach, uh, right? Almost as silly. Uh, apparently, and I think it was during quarantine when we, the whole, oh no, that's not right. Uh, it was something about him basically just he just started doing push-ups all the time. It, it's kind of like the old Herschel Walker story. Do you remember hearing the old, old Herschel Walker story? How he said he got so strong because when he was younger, when he'd watch TV, whenever there was a commercial, he would just do basically sit-ups and push-ups. And that's how, that's how he built his physique, yep. at least the base of it. And then obviously he, he obviously had to do more training beyond that, but that that's kind of, that was the Randy Rosa Reina story I heard was he just he just started doing push-ups all the time and then he just started hitting for more power and uh, going back to his minor leagues in 2019 in about half a season he had 12 home runs you know so that's like 25 home run power but that certainly doesn't explain what he did in 2020 which is way beyond that so I don't know maybe he got stronger maybe he grew into his body a little more he's 25 my understanding is power peaks at 26 um so uh, i mean he, he he still might have a little bit of slight go to go in in his peak you know so i don't think anybody expects that kind of power to return i mean that's like uh, that's like 60 home run power so i don't think anybody expects that but um i don't know we'll, we'll see what he can do but i think he has a lot of hype and i think players in our league will be interested uh moving on my next one i got trent grisham was he on your list? Um, he was. Yeah, just a good hitter. Uh, he's one of those guys that he's one of those non-swingers. Uh, he doesn't swing as much. Uh, he swings is below average for the league. Uh, because of that, he he walks at above an above average weight rate and strikes out at an at an above average rate too. Um, but he's a good power speed combo. Who really came on last season with the Padres, yeah, and that's an exciting lineup. And sometimes he's going to hit at the top of that lineup, and sometimes he's going to hit at the bottom. That's how they did him last year um, against righties. I, I think he hit first, and against lefties, he hit last. But we'll see. Uh, any comments on Grisham? Uh, my no, next I think one, I've got uh, Dominic Smith from the Mets. That's interesting. I left him off because I thought he oh, was drafted. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure he was not drafted. Uh, uh, maybe I confused him yes. with uh, the Ottenau he, League. He's a guy I did not know. In fact, he was the and, guy that got voted off my team. Yes, I know. That's what I was thinking. But um, anyway, okay, well, that was an omission on my part because. He would have been on there had I, uh, I didn't look carefully. I relied on my memory, which at my age is probably <laughs> always a bad idea. Uh, yeah, I'm just double checking uh, our, and he, yes, he, I'm, I'm double checking our draft last season. Yeah, he didn't get drafted. Okay. So uh, he's in an interesting spot because he doesn't have a clear position to be playing. 
Um, he shares a position with a, right. a few other players, such as Pete Alonso and, and some of the players they got in that Mets outfield. So I, I got to imagine they'll find him, find a way to get him into the order somehow. But right now it's a little unclear, which throws a little bit of doubts into the amount of playing time he's going to get next year. But yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, next, uh, Teoscar Hernandez. I'm sure he is on your list. Uh, he he is. might have been the biggest breakout last year. Yeah, his numbers were really nice. He had um, 16 home runs and 190 at-bats, five net stolen bases, hit 289. His OPS was 919. Yeah. It's pretty um, nice. Uh, it's very, very good. And we've, we've seen that potential in him before. Um and he held it up for 200 plate appearances. That's pretty significant. So, and he's one of the bigger questions this year is, is he going to do that again? And has he elevated his game? Or as you've kind of alluded to, if the season had continued, would things have leveled out? And that's the question everyone needs to ask themselves. Yeah. I, I think it's important where we can to mention what their eligibility is. Grisham is all three outfield uh, spots, it. and so is her name. Uh, oh, and real quick, by ADP, um, uh, Trent Grisham is going just a few spots behind Arosa Reina. Um, and Teoscar is uh, just a little bit behind Grisham at 74. So that was uh, 59 for Arosa Reina, 63 for Grisham, 74 for Teoscar. So they're all. I'm what sorry? What was Smith? Oh, what was Dominic Smith? Uh, 107. So he's he's pretty far behind those guys. Um, next, I got okay. Alec, uh, Alec Baum, the third baseman for the Phillies. All right. He was kind he's of on my list. To me. I, I kind of forgot about him. Uh, he's going 108, one spot behind Dominic Smith. Um, any comments about his performance last year? Um. No, I mean, 160 at bats, so it was an okay, you know, I tried not to look at guys that had like, you know, 80 or 90 at bats. I just sort of eliminated them because it's just not enough sample size for me um, as far as hitters go. And pitchers, too, if they only pitched 30 innings, I just, I didn't consider them uh, for the most part. But anyway, uh, but no, Baum had, you know, the only thing about him, is he didn't show that much power. He had a really nice average, and his OBS was, you know, in the high 800s, but he only had four home runs. So he only averaged one home run every 40 at-bats. Yeah, and he did show some power in double-A. He had 14 home runs and 270 plate appearances. So, I mean, that's decent. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, his prospect grades, and he's got a 60 for raw power, which is uh, pretty strong, but only a 50 for game power. So it doesn't seem like he's expected to be, you know, a 30 home run guy. I think he's expected to be more of the, the 20 to 25 home run guy. But he has a, an ex, a, a 55 out of 70 for his hit tool report, which means what that means is he's at like a 55 currently, at least at the time of this report was written but he could grow into a 70 so he's more of a hit tool guy 
with more moderate power, it seems. And you're right, that showed up. Hit 388 last year with only four home runs. Uh, He was uh, around for fantasy. He was around like about the number 26 prospect for fantasy last season. Um, And then he got called up, obviously, and hit really well. So uh, he should... He should get some interest again at 108 by ADP, which is, you know, that's top 10 rounds, top 10 round. That's ahead of guys like Dansby Swanson, Giancarlo Stanton, Matt Chapman, Julio Urias, Chris Bryant. He's ahead of those guys by ADP. It's pretty amazing. And it looks like he's first and third base eligible. Is that what you're seeing? He is. Um, we are going to uh, pause here for a minute. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, because we're coming up on the maximum time for one recording. So we're going to take a break uh, and then we'll come back and I'm, I've got five more in their pitchers and then we'll get the rest of yours. All right. Okay. Hey, we're back. All right. All right. Okay. So going on to uh, the, the next five and I've got five pitchers here. I, I did five hitters, five pitchers. Uh, first up, I got Zach Plezak. I have him. Yeah, I, I think he's probably, as far as rankings go, he's the highest rated of these pitchers that I have. He And by ADP, he's 67. He's sandwiched right between Sonny Gray and Hunjin Ryu, which is a pretty impressive sandwich to be. To pretty be a- uh, so, yeah, so you said Zach Plezak was on your list? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, next, I got Framber Valdez. Yep. Um, he is by ADP. Um, not Caesar Valdez. That's not who I want. Fram, uh, 97. He's uh, ahead of Rizella Grace Glacius, Anthony Rizzo, Jeff McNeil, Zach Greinke, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, again, really good company. It's top 100. Um, next, uh, Devin Williams, relief pitcher. I did not look at relief pitchers. Yeah, he was the only one I looked at just because he was so ridiculously dominant last. He was like the ace reliever, I think. I think he was the best reliever last season. And Liam Hendricks might have given him a run for his money, but yeah, he was right there. You know, you're right. You're right. He might have, um, so, yeah, he by ADP, uh, 151. Um, I don't – because he's not the closer, and that's, that's hurting his ADP a bit. Um, in our league, that doesn't matter as much because the holds, you know, count too. But, yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to get drafted. Uh, Ian Anderson is my next one. I've got him. Um, by ADP, Ian Anderson – is 93, so ahead of Austin Meadows, Jose Altuve, Max Muncy, even Framber Valdez. So he was ranked even higher than Valdez by ADP. And then last, me, my number 10, Tito Sanchez. And I have him. All right. Well, that's – we have – that's pretty close because there were some tough ones to leave off. And yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. But why don't you go ahead – who did I not mention that you have? Um, well, there was only two. Um. Well, I I did put Kyle Lewis. I, I I'm not sure. I was just riding a little bit of a wave on that one. But and there's other guys. I in retrospect, I think I might have chosen over him. 
Um, and, you know, especially after I looked at his minor league numbers, I, there was a lot of hype about him even coming up, as I recall. But anyway, I did put him and I put uh, Tristan McKenzie. Um, there is some concern about him and his durability. But darn, you know, I looked at his minor league stats and I think they were for five years. And his numbers are just really nice. His ERA was around 260-ish. I don't know that for absolute, but I think that's what it was. And his whip was under one. Um, and his strikeouts were better than, you know, his K, for, K to nine was better than nine. Um, so I really like him. And despite the questions about his durability, um, I went with him. I think both of those are good ones, and I think they will both get drafted. Um, Kyle Lewis is what kind of helped me decide who I was going to start cutting off my list when I started paring it down to 10. Um, Because he was one of the first guys I listed. I mean, he was, wasn't he the rookie of the year in the AL? I don't remember, to be honest. I think so, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think he was. I think he beat out uh, Louis Robert. Um, let me check it out real quick. Uh, uh, yeah, Kyle Lewis uh, in the American League and then Devin Williams in the National League. Oh. Um, but when I went to look at Kyle Lewis, I'm, I looked at his stats and they just weren't really that impressive I, I always go first to ops that's what i always go to first like again repeating what i've said recently um the stats the stat that correlates most if we could look at once if i could look at one stat to evaluate a player it would be total bases because that seems to matter the most in our league as far as offensive points scored but since that number is never handy um, the second one is OPS. So I always start with OPS when I'm looking at a guy. That's always my starting point. And he only had an 801 OPS last year. I know. That's just not great. I mean, it, you can deal with that if they do other things, but 801 is just not great. Uh, he did have 885 the year before, but that was only in 75 plate appearances. And then, like you said, a whole lot of unimpressive seasons in the minors. Um, I, I think the narrative is that he's, you know, he's a lot better now than he was in the minors for whatever reason, but still, that's why he was left off my top 10, just cause he just wasn't that impressive last season. Well, uh, this, you know, this may change at this discussion, but, uh, I think prior to this, at least he's a guy that would have been fairly highly sought after in our league. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I still think he will. Um, and he, 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 he'll deserve to be drafted. I'm it's certainly not. He shouldn't be drafted. That's not at all the case. I and mean, he should and will be drafted, but we had to pare it down to 10. And so that's, that's why I left him off. Okay. Yeah. Tristan McKenzie, I actually forgot about completely. I didn't have him at all. Uh, and he should definitely be on there. Who are the two that you forgot about till later? And uh, It was, um, Dylan Moore. He was on my short list. And uh, Jake Cronenworth. And he also was on my short list. Um, so, yeah, so I added those guys. 
And uh, who were the uh, others that you were on your short list? Sure. Other guys that I came up with uh, that and some of them were pretty easy to to keep out of the top 10 because some of these are like veterans who hit, hit really well last year. Um, so I had uh, Will Myers was on my list. Uh, I don't know if you realize what a great season Will Myers had last year. I do. Okay. So he was on my list. Um, other guys I considered Travis Darno, Austin Nola, AJ Pollock, uh, Cole Calhoun had a really great season. Tommy Listella, Brandon Belt, Wilmer Flores, Marco Gonzalez, Pablo Lopez, Tony Gonsolin, and Kevin Gaussman. Those were all guys that I was considering. Yeah, I, th- I thought about Gaussman, but I, again, I mistakenly was thinking he was drafted. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, I, I stuck with more, with a lot of those veterans, it's just hard to say. Actually, with them all, it's hard to say. But I, I stuck with, you know, newer guys that were less known. Um, other people on my list were Ryan Mountcastle, um, Cabron Hayes, or Cabrian Hayes, who I eliminated because he only had 85 at bats. Oh my goodness. This is, speaks to kind of how hard, how difficult these exercises can be. I can't believe I forgot Cabrian Haynes. Yeah. Um, I, I, his name repeated over and over again on podcasts. Like I've heard so much about him. Scott White from CBS is really huge on him. I can't believe I forgot him. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, his numbers were otherworldly, but 85 at bats. I just, so he's going to get drafted and probably drafted relatively high for a guy that had 85 at bats last year. Um, Anthony Santander. Yeah. From mm-hmm. Baltimore. Nice year. 11 home runs and 153 at bats. 890 OPS, 261 uh, average. Uh, and uh, his strikeouts weren't too bad. He struck out 25 times and 153 at bats. So that's not bad. Uh, Jay Cronenworth, Austin Nola. Um, I took a little bit of a flyer. I, I, I One guy that isn't a rookie or isn't really young is who I put on there was Clint Frazier. Um. As I understand it, he is going to start for the Yankees in left field this year. So, man, you came up with some good ones that I totally omitted. Some nice finds there, Dad. Um, the other two, well, the at least the hitters, uh, Jared Walsh. Yep. Who? Good one. Again, I I eliminated because he didn't quite have a hundred at bats. He had ninety nine. And then uh, Jamer, if I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Jamer Candelario, yeah, for Detroit, who I had last year. Um, and then pitchers, I did have a couple of pitchers that weren't. Um, I didn't ultimately make my list. Uh, one is Chris, Christian Javier. Yep. And the other one, <laughs> he only had 25 innings pitched. He's just kind of a personal favorite of mine. I don't know if he's going to be any good or not, but Eliezer Hernandez. And I don't know. He was hurt, but I don't know what his injury status is either. So, Right. But I liked him. Yeah, you came up with some great ones that I can't believe I forgot. Um, my, well, I, I won't talk about my process. <laughs> and why? It uh, yeah, we're, we're running pretty long into the. Yeah. 
Um, so, well, there you go. A bun- bunch of guys who we expect to get drafted this year who weren't drafted last year. It was a fun exercise. It was very. Thank you for thinking of that. Yeah. Okay, so now let's get to the last thing we want to discuss, which was just kind of a fun idea um, for for just an extra thing we could do that's kind of unrelated to our fantasy season, but still fantasy baseball. Uh, we had last off season kind of between our two drafts, like during the middle of, you know, quarantining, we did a fantasy draft where we draft, we drafted any player from MLB history uh, on our team. We just, you could draft any player from MLB history and then you would choose which season's stats uh, to use uh, for for your accumulation of stats. And then, so everybody drafted players chose which season they were going to use. And then we plugged in all the numbers uh, into a set of standings and then rotisserie style. we found out who, who drafted the best team. Uh, We had, how many players did we have? Six. There was a you, me, Eric, Danny, Trevor. And Angelo. And Angelo. Six, yeah. Yeah. And that was super fun. I had a great time doing that. And I learned a lot about players that who I know by name but didn't really appreciate. Um, and just how good they were. And it was super fun. And the stand and for the standings for the stats that we used, we used basically kind of old school uh web gem stats we had to omit some just because we couldn't get that data for certain things, but we used hits, home runs, runs, RBIs, stolen bases, strikeouts, walks, average OPS and total bases for hitters. We omitted fielding percentage because we just couldn't get those numbers. Uh, And then for pitching, we had wins, losses, complete games, shutouts, walks, strikeouts, saves, ERA, whip and K to walk. And we omitted ground and double plays because that was a hard stat to get. Uh, and then we just plugged in all the numbers, and it was it was super fun. Loved it. I think the fun uh, part was was complete games. Yes, because there were some there are some crazy players from like pre nineteen hundred who just have insane levels uh, of complete games. Like a, you, your for number one pick. Do you remember who your number one pick was? Um. <clears throat> yeah. Old Haas, old Haas Radburn. Old Haas Radburn from the 1884 from a team called the Grays. Uh, do you remember how many complete games and shutouts he had? I, I don't know. 50? I don't remember. 73 complete games and 11 shutouts. 73? Okay. 70. It's weird because that number popped into my head and I thought, oh, that can't be right. Uh, yeah. 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 He, he was your number one pick. Yep. And just some of those guys, and you just love their names. Old Haas Radburn. <laughs> just some crazy ones. Uh, just, just for fun, the first round, uh, we did it snake style. Eric picked first, and he took Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth had, uh, by my calculations, by my little statistic, you know, my little, uh, the little statistics that I ran, um, using a, oh, it's it's escaping me now. Um, anyway, Babe Ruth had the single greatest hitting season by these stats that I could see. I can't I can't remember what year that was. Do you remember? 
Was it 27? Oh, actually, I can see it here. Uh, it was 21. 21, okay. 378 with a 1359 OPS, uh, 59 home runs, 177 runs, 171 RBIs, and he even threw in 17 stolen bases. Uh, it's just a wild season. Yeah, he was the best, I think. Um, then you picked Old Haas Radburn. Danny picked Barry Bonds. Um, and for Barry Bonds, Danny used, because there's a couple seasons he could have used. He used 2001. So he did use the 73 home run season for that. Um, and then uh, Trevor picked Lefty Grove. Uh, I picked Walter Johnson. And Angelo picked Ed Walsh. So four pitchers and two hitters in that first round. And then we went from there and it was, uh, it was really fun. Had a great time. So we kind of want to do something like that again, if we can get, you know, again, at least maybe six people, uh, but kind of narrow the scope a little bit. And we were talking about maybe just choosing a decade. Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, so we so we were thinking either the '90s or the 2000s, but considering the age of some of our players, maybe leaning more towards the 2000s. Yeah, I'm fine with that. If Jamie, okay, you can. Well, let's see who's interested in doing that, and then we'll uh, we'll maybe choose a decade based on that. Um, it it didn't take us too long. I, I don't think the draft lasted more than like an hour. Hour. It was. And a half. It was much quicker than i thought it was going to be yeah it was really quick and then all the dirty work i do all the dirty work and plug in all the numbers and stuff with you know fancy spreadsheets and whatnot um but yeah it was it was a fun hour hour and a half to spend together doing this drafts and i, I think i spent like 20 20 30 times the amount <laughs> of time doing research just for fun it was a great exercise so it'd be fun to do that again Are you there? Yeah. I oh, okay. Uh, so I think you're going to reach out to people and see if they're interested. You're going to take the reins on that? I can. Sure. Okay. Um, maybe we'll, I'll send out this podcast and some information and I'll give people a heads up and then you can follow up, you know, maybe in a week or so with everybody to see who's interested and we can get that going. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else we're missing? Um, no, I think we've uh, probably ran a little longer than we wanted, but uh, hope it was worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, thanks for everybody who stuck with us this long. Uh, we're looking forward to getting the season going, and uh, let's get to it. All right. All right. Talk to you later, Dad. Good thanks. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Bye.